And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, it's another beautiful Sunday, a day after we had a UFC fight night. The day before that, bare knuckle boxing with Paige Van Zandt against Rachel Ostovich. It was a hell of a fight between those young ladies. And we are here to talk about all of it. Talk about everything that you love that's happening in the combative sports industry. Josh Thompson, start talking now. It's your turn. I have nothing to say. It's okay. all on you, bud. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, honestly, um, this was one of those weekends that I think a lot of people were like, eh, you know what? It's not that great. This and that, you know, the return of DTJ and then, you know, and the, and the bare knuckle boxing. There was like a couple fights that kind of interest people, but the rest of the cards were, eh, but guess what? They were some pretty damn good fights tonight. And then, then the, the bare knuckle, it had some good, some good fights as well. That shit's growing on me, man. It's growing <laughs> on me a little bit. I think mean, now, I think also too, in the beginning, the fighters didn't know how to fight. The, the bare knuckle style with the clinching, the, you know, the in close, the refs are still having a hard time understanding what the rules are. John oh, talked about that a little bit, but the, the bottom line is it's starting to grow on me. And after watching the Rachel Osovich and uh, Paige Van Zant fight, I was very impressed. Very think about this. We're talking about two females going out there, toeing the line, bare knuckle style, just old school throwing down. I mean, would you have really thought about this back in like 2006, 2008, 2010? Would you? I mean, like we don't, I don't. People didn't weren't thinking that way back then. You know what I mean? I mean back then, the females MMA was just getting launched off the ground in 2007, 2006, somewhere around there. Now they're they're literally towing the line, is what they call it, and they're bare knuckle fighting. And they threw down. It was a great fight. It was a close fight, but it was a great fight. I thought Rachel won as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought uh, I thought Rachel edged it out. I thought she had the the uh, bigger moments in the fight. She landed the cleaner, heavier shots. Uh, Paige had her moments. I thought they both fought really well and just you know demonstrated. I, that they're both kind of getting the implements of what bare knuckle boxing is. They were dirty boxing. They were using a, you know, a collar tie and, and going to the body coming up to the head. They were doing everything that, you know, they are allowed to do in that sport. And they were not being mixed martial artists. They were being bare knuckle boxers. And it's so you, you say that and it's so funny because, you know, being the old guy that was there from the beginning and all of the human cockfighting from MMA and all the bullshit that went with it and all the uh, the people that were so, uh, let me just say stupid, that thought they knew something that didn't know anything and all the crap that happened. You know, back then, Josh, you know, I used to take, I'd end up in court and I would always take their, you know, the, the prosecution that was trying to stop the UFC was... They'd always have their their expert in boxing, and I, they would always talk about how boxing, you know, was safe. But you know, because of the gloves, that was Marcus Queensberry rules and everything. And I would tell him, I said, "Can you do me a favor? Can you, uh, if I give you a boxing glove right now, you put it on, can you hit that desk really hard?" And they said, "Yes, I could." And I said, "Okay." I said, "So if I take the glove off of you." Are you going to hit that desk just as hard? And they go, well, uh, no, I wouldn't. Have, that would damage my hand. I said, so is a boxing glove to protect your head or is it to protect your hand? You know, and it was always the same thing. And it's like, 
they, they look and they think that you know the blow is oh it's so much hard it, it is harder it's harder with the bare knuckles but you can throw a whole lot more with boxing gloves and it's a heavier weapon in the end and stuff so you know what's being proved is look it fighting is fighting and it's that's not i'm not going to sit there and lie and say it's healthy for anyone it's healthy if you know you uh you can better your life and make yourself you know successful and you know get yourself set in life that's a lot healthier than not doing it and being someone that's not you know uh, able to feed their family so i'm not going to sit here and say that fighting is not dangerous it is but so is sometimes crossing the street so is being a police officer so is being a firefighter so is being in the military you know what you're walking into and uh it's nice to see that those people can come out and decide i want to be in this sport and be in bare knuckle boxing and go out and make good money Paige van zandt made great money she made more than rachel did that's great but rachel made good money and who else was going to pay them as much as the bare knuckle boxing nobody hey it's awesome that they get that opportunity yeah i i, I gotta say i went on a rant i apologize said. no 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 it's perfect because i mean like honestly it's normally the thing that goes on rants and it's better that you do it because people like you more so it's okay <laughs> i love that i'm glad you did it it really just comes down uh, to how, whatever it takes for people to make money and take care of themselves. The only part that you're going to get any pushback from me on is, is like when it's time to call it a, a career, it's time to call it a career. You know what I mean? Right now, these two, these two ladies have plenty left in the gas tank. Maybe they're not top level MMA uh, athletes, you know, but also, this is another avenue for them to go down. And this, all this did was open the door for other female fighters to, Hey, this is, if MMA is not my road or boxing is not my road, how about I try the bare knuckle boxing? They pay well. And they seem to, they seem to be having a little bit of success right now. And it's catching on. I got to tell you, I, I was really, I was, I've watched some of the past ones They're You know, they were good. You know, I was like, but didn't really catch my attention. This, this fight caught my attention and not because of the, it was just the two of them. They literally, like I said, towed, they, they towed the line, got out in front and just started throwing down right off the bat. Paige came out, like, as soon as they said go, she came out and started throwing. You know, she got clipped a little bit, and that made her back away a little bit. But then Rachel came forward. It was a great fight throughout the end. I had, I think I had Rachel winning it uh, 3-1. Was it 3 or 4-1? Was it 3? Maybe 3-2, somewhere. I, but it I was, think I had a 3 she, I thought, I th- Yeah, it was 3-2 or it was 4-1. It, was, it, was clo- it, it wasn't close, though. I had Rachel winning pretty, pretty convincingly. Uh, but like you said, she had the cleaner, harder shots. Yep. She, um, she, she didn't do as much damage. But she had the cleaner, harder shots that moved Paige backwards, and that that kind of made Paige back away. Go, oh shit, I got rocked. You, you gotta admit, you know. Paige Van Zandt can take a shot. She's got yeah, she can. She's, she's got a chin, man, because she got lit up a couple times and just stayed yeah. in there. There's no doubt that she's a fighter, though. There's oh, no yeah. damn doubt. She's no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And, and and the whole so, thing is, this, a lot of people are going to talk and say things about, oh, look at she she goes into that and now she's lost two in a row. Okay, she, she has doesn't mean she's done and she's still learning how to do it and she's you know putting on what i think are good performances and that's the whole thing if you go out there and you shit the bed and you just can't fight that style then yeah maybe you shouldn't be doing it but she can fight and she can fight that style and she's gonna get wins just give her a give her just a little bit more of a chance and stuff you know rachel i i agree i thought she won the fight was a little bit better in that just the heavier blows but Oh, look at the bruises on Paige Van Zandt's yeah. hands. Those are some yeah. nasty bruises. That's what happens in bare knuckle boxing. 
Podcast oh, Dave throwing up a, a double winger by Paige Van Zant, but you can see the bruising it. on her hands. Nice. Man, It's isn't it crazy to think that those hands could knock out Podcast Dave? It's crazy <laughs> to think that. She'd she serve him up two pieces in a soda. Uh, Love it. Um, I mean, <clears throat> for me, I thought I actually think Rachel came in as a, as a disadvantage at a disadvantage because she hasn't fought it before, but it didn't seem to it didn't seem to affect her at all. Like in terms of how to fight, how to how to fight that style of fighting. Yeah. You're allowed to clinch. You're allowed to kind of hug it a little bit in the head and dirty box as long as one hand is free. You're allowed to be in those tight quarters without the ref breaking you up or the refs are not supposed to break you up. You know what I mean? But yeah, that I, I, I thought because Paige has already done it and most people that come in they're not familiar with that like hey you're holding me hey it's like no no no, it's not boxing the rules are different and so I was surprised that she was able to adapt so fast so well and I thought she did a great job you know she did have the heavier strikes she landed the cleaner shots uh but it was still a great fight I was I was thoroughly entertained the the one thing that I would like to see change I want to see three minute rounds no the two minute round, the I want two and a half. Then give me two and a, I don't know. I want to see it a little bit longer, two what? minutes, or make it a couple more rounds. Okay, you can blame you know? me for the two minute rounds in that sport. Okay, that is the reason. It, the reason it was put in there was so they could have more, you know, output. The whole thing is you don't yeah. have as much time. So hey, you got to go, yeah. and they wanted more output. So that was why. And it's it's different than boxing. Don't make yeah. it the same as boxing. So that that was the whole idea behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, I know. I thought that's the thing is it went by so fast. I'm like, shit, it it's does. already over. Yeah. I was like, shit, so it's done. This sucks, <laughs> you know, because I was getting into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, that was a great fight. Great card. Uh, There's a couple of good fights on there. But, um, you know, the, the main card, the main event was great. And uh, I tip my hat to both those uh, young ladies. They did a great job, threw down. It was exciting to watch. And I'm looking forward to seeing both of them fight again. Yeah, So absolutely. That was good. <clears throat> All right, my man. Well, let's jump into the UFCs uh, tonight. So, or the one, the UFC, the one that happened. Uh, <laughs> the UFC fight night in Las Vegas. Yeah. Which number is it now? Who the hell knows? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. At least someone knows. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to go from the top um, to the bottom or bottom to top, man? Talk to me. I'm gonna go. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go right at the top. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go right to the top. <clears throat> I want to say one thing, and I want to make sure that it's very clear. TJ Dillashaw answered every questions of whether he needed performance-enhancing drugs or not. He fucking fought his ass off. And I was going to say this, whether he lost tonight, because it was a close fight, yeah. whether he won or lost, the guy is a fucking dog. Yeah. He is someone that can't... I was, I was honestly... Think about all that here. I'm not even going to put it in perspective like, oh, this is just another fight. No. Two and a half years off. All the pressure of proving to people that he was not, that he didn't need them. But he did anyways, but he didn't need them. He needed to prove everyone wrong that he was he was as good as he should have been. I do think the timing was off a little bit on it. He, I thought when he left the sport, he was more on point, more on, like, you know, he was winging he was some shots. I know Corey, yeah, he was more difficult to hit. He seemed like he was comfortable with just throwing the ones and the twos, whereas before he would mix it up with a little bit more of the kicks. I also think, too, after the first round, you could tell he was limping back to his corner after the first round when they went right before they went to commercial. He was limping back to his corner. And I didn't hear what, what they said between rounds. But I knew something was wrong with his knee before they even came back after for the second round. He had a shitty second round. But and I even saw some fighters like Eddie Alvarez goes the if if TJ's corner was smart, they'd stop this fight. No. And he, I mean, yes, I was I was surprised to see Eddie hmm. put that out there, Eddie Alvarez. But I mean, 
he fought his ass off in that third round. I had him losing the second, obviously. Yeah. He won the first, lost the second, lost it. Could have potentially been a 10-8. I don't think it was, but he could have potentially been a 10-8. Um, and then going in, the reason why I bring that 10-8 is because we're going to talk about something later on in the 10-8 division. Okay, but the, the second, the third round was close, but I gave it to TJ, and then I thought Corey won the fourth. It was 2-2 going into the fifth. That's the way I, I had thought it. The judging on, I thought the judging going in, in, um, into that fight was scaring the shit out of me. So as that fight started going on, I started wondering, like, shit, I don't know how this could be a, this could be 4-1 to Corey. You know, I, I didn't know. But I thought TJ did. He answered all the critics. He did everything he needed to. And I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm splitting straws and splitting hairs when I say he was a tad bit off. But two and a half years, I wouldn't call it ring rust. It was just the fight timing. It wasn't the same as it it's, was before he left, which is also, calm. Which is also a, the range of, course, of Corey calm. Sanhagen. Yeah, coming that's back true as well. and fighting a guy that's that long for the division. You know, he's tall at five eleven. He's got a huge, you know, reach. That's hard to get inside, and so that takes that timing and that that ability to slide yourself into position at the right time. That's not easy to have. Well, you have to also take into consideration his movement stopped after the first round. In that second round, he just started walking after him instead of like pressuring him and moving his hands and switching his stance as much. He stopped in that second round. And then that's what led to the cut because he got hit with that clean shot. That after that, I'm telling you, it is a, it changes the way you fight a fight with a cut like that with blood dripping in your eye. You're all foggy on one side, probably clear a little bit on the other. I mean, he was working through a lot of stuff going into that third round, and he came out and won the third round. That says a lot about him as a fighter, his mentality, his 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 fortitude to get through that. I was honestly, I was extremely impressed by TJ Dillashaw tonight. Yeah, let's give a the. Uh ringside physician for Nevada that let that fight go because when you get the up and downs doctors are quick to stop fights they mm -hmm. cross multiple muscular structures and it's a problem because it can go down into your tear duct there's all kinds of things that can happen they do not like those the ones that go in the horizontal they're okay with vertical ones not good and that I loved at the end of the fight you know TJ said yeah you know it's just you know same one that I you know I opened up in uh you know practice before nope <laughs> that's a different one you didn't get to see it when you look in the mirror you're gonna go oh yeah. shit you know that that was a completely different cut but it was really a good job of just maintaining it you know checking it and letting a guy fight through it you know this is what you have to do and when a, when a guy's young in his career and you're gonna hear all kinds of people say i'm wrong because you know no one should be when you have someone that's really young in their career Sometimes you'll stop those because you don't want them to receive a lot of damage and it's the loss is not going to be the end of the world where the, the, the cut can end up getting hit and really cause the guy a lot of problems later on in his career. But when you get someone, you know, with the experience of a TJ Dillashaw and all of the, you know, things he's done and the level that this fight is, it's good to see a ringside physician say, I'm going to let this go. If it gets worse, maybe I'll stop it, but I'm going to let it go. And they did a great job with that cut. So I thought it was a – I had the same thing. I had it going into the, the fifth round. I had it even. I thought TJ had a couple of good rounds. I thought Corey had that second round was really a heavy round. Um, the fourth round I had going to Corey and then going into the fifth, it was a matter of who was going to get the fight. And the judges gave it to uh, TJ, you know, one giving it to Corey, two giving it to TJ in a split decision. I, I had Corey win in the last round, but – it's a matter of just, you know, who you thought was landing the cleaner shots. And he landed a couple of heavy shots, you know. There were some things that happened in there that 
I thought he landed the better ones, but I, I really give it to TJ. The leg kicks that he threw throughout the fight, really effective. Did a great job with those. Yeah, I'm surprised he got away from those. Um, like, I think in the fourth round, he kind of got away from him. He was landing them clean, I think, in the third. And then he got away from him in the fourth, and that's when Corey was able to steal that round. And then he, he kind of went back to him early in the fifth, but then got away from him throughout the fifth, the rest of the fifth in the round. So yeah, I thought TJ was winning the that, that we, the start of that fourth round. TJ was winning that fourth yeah, round, first almost the was. first half, and then just kind of, I don't know what it was, if he got tired or what it was, but everything changed in that moment, yeah. and that's when Corey took it over. Yeah, I'm not like. Here's the thing: is I could see how you thought maybe Corey won, and I could see how like you know other people thought that TJ won. I yeah. thought it was a close round. I would I would hate to have been a judge in that fifth round because it was two two going in there. It was close. It really depends also on how you look at that second round. I thought it had the potential of being a ten eight round. Um, it was close, but not. I I, I like if if a judge had said a ten eight, I would have said ah maybe you know. But then you've been, you've been listening to Michael Bisping. No, no, that's tutorial doing, on by the way. 10, eight judging. Now. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, he rocked him. He cut him. He rocked him. Um, you know, I looked at I looked at the way that Corey was able to touch him and piece him up. And then, like I said, but TJ also was not the same fighter going in the second because of his knee. You could tell the movement was gone. If you look at the first round, you look yeah. at the second round, the was, movement was pretty much gone. Yep. You know, um, but look, I really Corey Sanhagen is tough as hell. I mean, it could have went either way. He he obviously belongs in that in that category of number two and number three position. So I, I want to see where he's going to end up after this. But he's right. He's he's. I'd like to see him get a title shot. You know, I think this is kind of one of those fights. Like, damn, it sucks because we had talked about this uh, yep. in the in our midweek show that he. I felt like he shouldn't have taken the fight. He should have just said, you know, hey, you've been away. You know, you fight somebody else. I've earned my way to be here to be ne- to be next in line. And uh, and he took the he took the fight, so I tip my hat to him for, do, I love for taking the, the fight. <clears throat> yeah, he took it. So um, I think TJ answered a lot of the critics tonight. You know, he answered he answered the bell. And like I said, if I'm going to say anything about it in terms of negativity, I would just say that I felt like his timing was a little bit off, and it wasn't even so much the timing, like you said. Sanhagen is 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 long. His, he knows how to use that range. He's really good at slipping in and out of the pocket and making you miss and then countering very well. He had a lot of success doing that. Um, but the other thing as well is that for me, when I go back and watch some of TJ's old fights, it was always it was always one, two and maybe inside leg kick or one, two or you know, right hand, left hook or whatever it is, finish with a head kick. It was something off of that, not just the one, two and just lunge in for the body lock. And so I think he's got to get a little bit of that back. It's going to take a little bit of time. I know he's been training, but nothing is different than training in or from training to fighting. It doesn't matter what you do in training. When you get in that fight, it's a completely different person that you're not used to working with. And so he it just looked like he was off just a tiny bit when it came to his combinations. But that's stuff that he's just going to fix with be getting getting more getting in the cage more often. Yeah. So I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad that he was able to uh Pretty much silence everyone, and he had a good performance. Like we said, his technique is there. That was never we never said anything about him not. He's always been a, a he's always been a really good fighter. He's always been a great fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he just answered all the questions tonight. Good stuff, man. That's I mean I got to leave it at that. I, I really can't say much more. He, he did a great job tonight. It was good a great one. fight. <clears throat> um, but let's talk about that fucking co-main event. Good God. <laughs> that was a great fight. It was it fun. It was the whole thing was fun, man. Tyler Phillips is crazy. Yeah. 
But I, I, I look at that fight, and again, the judges, one of them had it right. That that fight was a draw. If He yeah. almost had Paiva out in that first round. He had him mm-hmm. hurt multiple times, almost has the... You know the referee is close to stopping the fight, and that, that that that's not why the judges what the judge is looking at. But he's got him that hurt; he's in trouble throughout it. He didn't really accept any type of damage at all in that first round. It's a ten-eight round, okay. And then you go and you say, okay. Then he loses the next two. It's a twenty-eight, twenty-eight, and one of the judges had it that way. Two had it, twenty-nine, twenty-eight, and it's like that that fight honestly, and both guys deserved it. Neither one deserved a loss in that fight. It was a great fight. Yeah, I actually, <clears throat> to be honest, it's funny. When I heard 28-28, I was like, actually, I, I thought exactly the same thing. I thought that it should have been a draw. Yeah. And they said that it wasn't. It was a majority draw or whatever it was. Majority decision. Whatever they call it. Majority decision. So, yeah. um, no, I, I thought it was a great fight. The two of them were back and forth. Great scrambles. You know, great, um, great timing on some of the takedowns. Just the output in that first round was so much. Oh, my God. And so I'm surprised. I was surprised that Phillips even had gas to go into the second round. He started to obviously slow down. He took some big shots. And uh, Paiva or Paiva or whatever, how you say his name, I thought he just showed that, hey, he's got a chin. He came through. He fought his ass off. It sh- I-, I feel the same way in terms of neither fighter should have lost. I think, no. they, I think it should have been a draw. It was a great fight. It was fun. The whole thing was fun from beginning to end all the way up until, like, the last bell. A lot of heart so by both was, guys. In different times, yeah. they were both, you know, taking shots, no quit, just kept going. But I really wish all the judges had looked at that first round again. That's a 10-8 round. He deserved a 10-8. And if you have him losing the next two, it's a draw. Yeah. Well, what's what? why do you think that they're – I this mean, because this is this Okay, big, here's, what, here's what happens. It's a big you, discussion. You, this... you, you have all this criteria and everything, but then you have people, you know – People from the UFC, you got Dana sitting there complaining about certain rounds that judges are coming up as 10-8. That's not a 10-8 round because Dana White is the almighty God who decides what a 10-8. Look, there's going to be times when I don't agree, you don't agree, Dana doesn't agree, but you, he has such influence with the Nevada State Athletic Commission that they go then and start talking to the judges, we don't want 10-8 rounds. And it's like you have this one, and this is exactly why you have the criteria that tells you Kyler Phillips deserved a 10-8 in that first round. He almost had Paiva out of the fight, and he got a 10-9. So if you go back to Michael Bisping's tutorial, it will tell you that a 10-9 is a close round. So was the first round of that fight a close round? No. No. It wasn't. It was a huge difference. And that's why we have a 10-8. And we can talk about it, you know, and go through the, all the criteria and everything. But this is where you, when you have people of influence and power in the sport, they say something and then all of a sudden the athletic commission gets all, oh, we don't want to upset, you know, this person. And this is what happens. That fight should have ended up as a draw. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk about Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins. God damn it. Derek, Elkins, I love and Derek Minor. <laughs> Look at well, I mean, what what more could you ask for? Elkins goes out there, Derek Minor goes in there and he starts throwing submission after submission and go and just great position doing damage. He damages the damage and 
gets to the point where he gets exhausted from his output in the in the you know second round and it was like you knew as soon as you saw him you saw him go for the one the one guillotine and then you go oh he's tired and you knew uh oh you're in trouble <laughs> because this is what Darren Elkins does and he did it again man <laughs> he just just takes guys and breaks they they beat on him like he's a I can't say it my wife will get pissed at me like he's a <laughs> dead piece of wood and they just you know do everything they can to him and he he he, he leaks he gets bloody but he just keeps coming and finally you get exhausted from beating on him and he takes over and beats you and it was a it was a fun fight it was a great fight by both guys it was fun to watch and it was just classic Darren Elkins getting away. Yeah, it's just all about staying active, keeping moving, making someone submission, 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 can't get it, escape, get on top, make them fight from the bottom, got back to a scramble. He just, someone I saw, I read someone's tweet, it said Elkins by, by Elkins. Like, you know, he's just going to beat him the way he normally beats people, That's just it. take a bunch of abuse and then come back in the second. And Elkins just, by cardio. Yeah, it's just going to be Elkins by Elkins. It was, that's exactly what happened. So, um, good performance in terms of, you know, making them work, making them hustle. That's the other thing is a lot of fighters, they don't use that type of mentality. I mean, because I'm going to say the same thing about Macy Barber here in a second is that, is just understanding that you are comfortable. You do this every single day in the gym. You know how to escape. You know how to fight out of guillotines. You know how to fight out of taking, you know, someone taking your back. Like it's, it, Sure, there's a difference between a fight and there's a difference between the gym, but understanding that you've been there a thousand times and not letting the panic get to you and making a mistake, just keep doing what you're doing. Elkins has mastered being Elkins. You know what I mean? He understands that like, hey, if I get my neck stuck, it's okay. I know how to get out of this. I'm just going to flop around, do this, fight the hands, push the knee. And he did everything possible to keep the scrambles going, took the shots and just kept moving, you know? And that's what you have to remember. If you're always moving... Frank Shamrock used to talk about this all the time when I train with him. If you're always moving, that person has a hard time mounting an offense yep. because they're always trying to control you. They're trying to hold you down. They're trying to c- control the position of you. So if you're always moving, that means that their hands are occupied or their legs are occupied trying to hold you in place versus being able to posture up and do damage. Yep. And so what happens is then tonight is um, Minor or Minor, whatever, how you ever say his name, he basically was chasing submission after submission because Elkins kept going into them. So he kept thinking, if I keep chasing these and keep going, and the whole time Elkins was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to be fight it off, get out, escape, get to top position, make you work to get up, go back and do, oh, he hit the submission again. Okay, good. Scramble, get back to my feet. He did a great job in just terms of making somebody work from every position at all times by staying moving. That's great, man. I mean, it's not the best of fight IQs in terms of he did take some shots. <laughs> it's not good but as far look, as your man, When you know, here's the thing. We've seen a lot of guys that don't have uh, – look, I don't want to say Derek he, that he doesn't have a lot, of, a lot of talent. He's very talented. But guys that aren't the, the most talented, like a John Jones, they fight – a lot of guys fight like this. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I tend to fight – when I was fighting, I would fight like that a little bit. I always realized – I always knew I pretty much wasn't going to win the first round. I was not the strongest. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't – I definitely didn't hit the hardest, so no one had to respect my power. So it was just one of those things. Okay, look, do, press the pace as much as you can. And then, you know, by the second round, now we've even the playing field kind of position. You know what I mean? And he seems like he's mastered it. He's a, he's a dog. So it's great. I was I was very impressed with his performance in terms of gritting through it all as always and getting getting a dominant performance, getting a win. 
you know, you take stuff. a look at it, and I'll, I'll put you in that category. Guys that are like a Darren Elkins. You know, or Randy Couture is very much like mm. Darren Elkins. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the strongest. But he used cardio as a weapon. He weaponized that Bisbing. cardio. Michael Bisbing. Michael Bisbing, same thing. You know, yep. He weaponized that cardio by pushing a pace, by being there, making you fight at you know what I'll say is an RPM level that's a little too high for you. You're not comfortable with it. And then eventually, if you have to maintain that RPM level to stay with him, it starts to break you down. And that's what you're, that's what you see in this fight. And, you know, got to give it to him, man. It's, uh, cause mentally it's, it's not an easy thing being that guy going out there going, yeah, this guy's faster. This guy's stronger, you know, cause you know, I'm going to have to take some abuse to get my win. And that's sure. what he does. And it works for him. So fun to watch. You're, but I'm going to carry this over into the Macy Barber and Maverick fight. Okay. So I thought Macy Barber lost the fight. I had it two, I had it two one for Maverick. Okay. So I thought Never she not. lost the fight, but she lost, but she I lost the gonna, first two rounds. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She lost the first two rounds. I had her winning the third. Yep. The, this is the issue for me though, is I saw a Macy Barber that wasn't confident when she came in because she's dropped two in a row. She went from being undefeated to losing two in a row. She didn't believe in her skills anymore. The we talked about this in the week show. The confidence was gone. Guess what? She got the confidence back in the beginning of the third round right off the bat, and she just ran away with it. She needs to remember that she's very good. She And she needs to learn that she can weaponize her conditioning because she didn't even seem like she was tired in that fight going into the third. She came out and just started pushing the pace, landing the cleaner shots, doing the work. You need to fight like that every single time, yep. AC Barber. She, that's I what agree. she needs to do. Yep. You need to go back to being the person who had the confidence to do whatever it was in there because you're good everywhere, you know. And and that and we didn't. I didn't see that in the first two rounds. You should have lost. You got away with one. Now come back and prove to everybody that that wasn't a fluke and do it again in your next fight and get another win. Yep. But I didn't see the most confident Macy Barber going into that fight, and then she didn't get any confidence until the third round. And when she did. She was a terror, man. She was fucking a savage. Just came forward, landed big shots, had Maverick on her back foot the whole time, just basically folding into the pressure. Had that been a five-round fight, Macy Barber could have potentially ran away with it. You know, so, I mean, it was it was, it was was good, I think, for her mentally to get through it, but she, I hope she learns a lot from this. I, and you know what she needs to do is watch the fight and watch the fight that was before hers, Adrian Yanez against Randy Costa, because that was the exact same thing. You're talking about when Adrian Yanez went out there and was allowing Randy Costa to come forward and dictate the pace and the timing of the fight. He was eating it. He was getting lit up. I mean, he looked like a human punching bag. And, you know, I thought I thought going into that fight, I had him being the guy I thought was going to win. It. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not what I thought. And then finally... He makes the decision, I'm going to go forward, and the fight changes. It just turns. And you look and you go, you have got to fight your fight. Don't try to go out there and be slick. Don't go out there and try to be, you know, I'm I'm going to do this with this person. Go out and be who you are. That is what you are. That is who you are. Make your opponent have to deal with what you do best. Yeah, and that just comes with that will come with confidence though, Josh. Yeah. She's got to get it back. Casey yep. Barber does, and I think she did a little bit in that third. And I think when she gets back, and she like you said, watch it at home and see what happened. And you're gonna realize she's probably gonna look back and be like, "Yeah, I, I lost the fight." But I think in reality, she's like, "Look, I was the better fighter in the third round. 
I just got to start to be the better fighter in the first. Get the confidence back on track. I think she'll have a successful career. The other thing she, she needs to do. She's young. She's she so has young. got to stop going straight back. When someone throws yeah. shots at her, she goes straight back every time. She never circles out. Five steps going backwards. It's like, what are you doing? I know you've been taught. Yeah. And so, well, sometimes, like, you see her punching the air. Yeah. Like, she's jabbing the air. Like, I know it's a range finder sometimes. You put yeah. your hand out there. But, like... I've I've seen I've seen her a couple times just punching the air from like six feet away, honey. Your your arms are only this long. <laughs> you're not. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? You're not even gonna reach. Anyways, anyways, her arms are bigger than this, by the way. <laughs> you guys yeah, watching? Oh man. Um, what other fights really got your attention? Oh, the, the one I just I brought up as the comparison: Yanez against yeah. Costa. Man, Costa would look. He couldn't miss in the beginning. But there was a couple of body shots, and they started to take the steam out of them. And you get hit to the body, and you're not breathing. You know, your cardio starts to go away. And Yana's just, man, what a beautiful job of switching things up and saying, okay, I cannot allow this guy to push me back. And he started going forward, and the tide turned. You know, and that's what happens. You know, you know, you can take a look at a guy like a Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen can fight going backwards. Not everybody can. There's guys that can, and they do well with it. But not everybody can fight real well going backwards. It's a different skill set. Yeah. And you could see the difference when Costa was moving forward, how efficient, how effective he was, how accurate he was. And then as he was having to go you know, backwards, it took all of that away. And yeah. just a great job of transitioning and making the change in the middle of the fight by Yanis. Because if he didn't, he wasn't going to stay in that fight. Yeah, the hardest part for any any athlete is to make those adjustments on middle key. of the fight. That's the hardest part. No matter what your coaches tell you, no matter it's up to you to make those changes. And that's the hardest part. Like you have to you have to feel it because look, even though your coaches see it and say they're telling you to make those changes, you're in there and you feel maybe I can't. I, I'm not, the setup's not proper, yeah. or it's just I'm not feeling it. It's I try to push forward or, and I get I get popped and I, I have to take yeah. a step back. Yep, and so, the, the, sure, coaches and everyone, even us from the outside, we're saying, man, oh, yeah. he should have done this. He should have. But guess what? The fighters in there, they feel the strength of their opponent. Absolutely. They feel they feel what they're doing, how they're moving, and how you control. They've spent however long training, years training for those moments, and they know when they can get away with something. And so, even though the coaches are telling them and making that adjustment, it doesn't mean that they're always going to make it. You know, and so because they feel that that pressure, that power, whatever it is, it's really convincing them they can't do it. He made the adjustment and it worked out for him. I, that's that's a key. When we talk about fight IQ, those are the fight IQ moments we're talking about. Those are hard to make those type of adjustments uh, in the middle of a fight. Yeah, absolutely. But great job by Yanis and a big win for him. Mm -hmm. Brendan uh, Allen. Goddamn, Brendan Allen looked good, he's man. Good. He is good and he's come back so well. You know, he had that fight against, uh, well, the man who's going to have a, that's a main event coming up here in Strickland. He had that loss to him. Um, but it's a matter of, man, I'll tell you what, in this fight, he looked, you know, I know he's changed camps. He's now at Sanford MMA. He looks comfortable. He is doing the right things. He was just in control of this fight almost from the start. He just landed the better shots. You know, he, he took the power of Soriano. 
dismissed it, moved in the right directions a lot of times, landed that beautiful right kick to the body too many times. He landed it the whole fight. Oh, my was God. all I, fight. And I'll give it to Soriano for being able to take it and not crumble after a while. Yeah, I would have packed my fucking bags oh, and left the dude, cage. Thank Jeez. you. <laughs> no was, way, man. A couple no. of those, a couple of those, you, it landed and you went, oh, dude. Ugh. And that is nasty. But, you know, I got to give it to uh, Brendan Allen. He's looking sharp right now. Yeah, he, he looked really impressive. He was on cue with that that kick. Normally, it's the southpaw guy who lands that body kick. This time, it was him, and it was, I'm surprised because usually the southpaw fighters, they're used to to the, the right-handers trying to kick there, so they know how to defend. If you're switched the other way, right, southpaw guys go to the, to the right-handed fighter all the time because they're not prepared. You know, they sometimes will raise their arms up more, and they can sneak that kick in. It's a lot more. It's We don't see southpaws as much. And so preparing for those type of things, are they going to kick to the head? Are they going to kick to the body? You're, you're getting caught guessing. Hands go up, hands go down. Hands go up, hands go down. And so um, that, but that body kick was nasty, man. Brennan was hitting it all cue and then finishing with a couple punches. It was good. He had Soriano lunging in for stuff as well, trying to get to his chin. He did take some shots, but right. overall, I mean, like it was a very dominant performance. Great job by him. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better performance, especially against a guy that was, Really coming on in Soriano that everyone's talking about his power. Hell, I compared him to uh, Drew McFedries and stuff because, you know, guys at Extreme Couture have said about how, you know, what his power is like, but just a beautiful job of nullifying that power by Brendan Allen. I want to see what's next out of him. Is this, is this at 170? It was at 185, correct? No, it's 185. Okay. So Soriano used to fight at 70, right? Kill himself to get there. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. That's what I was trying to recall. So I remember him just like, killing himself to get to 70 i don't think there was a couple times he didn't make it or something like that and he finally was like forget it he's just got to go to 85 and he's had he's had a couple good performances at 85 where he just seems like he's in better shape like he didn't obviously the the weight cut was getting to where his performances were were hurting i think yeah um all right what else sorry guys uh imovov he just ate ian heinich up yeah it was it was just he just walked him down and just pieced him up Yep. The whole fight. Yep. It wasn't even. Heinich, had Heinich wasn't even in the fight. 30 seconds. 30 seconds yeah. he was in the fight. And from that point, it was. I'm off. Just, just picked him apart. And so, yeah. Great job. He's looking better and better. And, uh, you know, I know, I know Heinich is. Uh, he's, he's running into a tough patch. And it's tough, you know, when you're that guy. And he's a good fighter. He's a tough guy. But, yeah. He just ran into the wrong guy at the wrong time. Let's talk about Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams, though, because I I really got to give it to Mickey Gall. People don't give this guy enough credit. He's, uh, you know, you take a look at what he did coming in, you know, and he was coming out of uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ring of Ring of Fire in New Jersey, I think. I don't even think he, I think it was the Ring of Fire that he was fighting out of. It might have been CFFC, but you know, you got Dana White and, and Matt Sarah there, and he asked for the CM Punk fight. They bring him in. They give him Mike Jackson. He submits him. And then they put him against CM Punk, and he submits him. And you look, and you go, well, he was a 1-0 fighter when he came into the UFC. Then he goes, and he wins those two. So now he's 3-0. But now he's got to fight real guys. You know, and that's where you look, and you go, man, you know, he's got a tough, tough road. And... He showed, you know, that it's not easy, but he's getting better. His stand-up is yeah. getting better. 
He's always, you know, he's always capable on the ground. And he showed that with his transition to the rear naked, the way he did it, catching Jordan, you know, everything he did tonight, he really looked good. And, you know, at seven and three, a lot of people aren't going to give him credit. Mickey Gall's got, you know, he's gotten way better. And the guy that he beat in Jordan Williams, and and I'm just going to say it, he handled Jordan. And Jordan is not an easy person to handle. In the stand-up, he hurt Jordan several times. He on the ground, you know, he was he was a guy creating the the problems for Jordan, and then gets the finish. Mickey Gall, way to go, dude! Yeah, the other thing is, well, he's twenty nine years old, John. He's got this is like his set for prime of him just just focusing on his career. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like in terms of like this, this is when you should be getting your best between twenty seven to thirty two. It should be like that's your time to shine in this sport. I've always felt that way about. About the men, I think the women, their prime is kind of that twenty nine, yeah, a little bit longer in the in the in the tooth, I should say, from like twenty eight, twenty nine up to say thirty five, thirty six, somewhere in there. And so, um, yeah, I I think I think he's right now he's in his prime. It's well, the perfect opportunity for him. To, physically, yeah, he just, physically. you can see he looks better. He looks stronger. He doesn't look, you know, as you know, not soft, but he just lanky and lean compared you know he's well he's actually he's filling out and you that's going to help him in the fights he's just become you know a man and he's fighting really well now you know he may never be you know become the champ i'm not saying that but you got to really be impressed for a guy that he's had to grow up in the ufc that's not an easy thing to do um he's got rid of the baby fat He's yeah. now starting to he's starting to starting to fill into his, his man body is what you're yeah, trying to say. It. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> the fight IQ is coming around. That's funny. Oh man. Um other than that, man, what other fights kind of stood out to you? Uh, there was only the couple. I thought you know Sajara Eubanks, she looked great, man. She looked dominant back at one twenty five instead of one thirty five. And you know, if she can make the weight, it's a good weight class for her. Yeah, my concern is, I mean, I heard a lot of people complaining. And I was watching on Twitter. They were complaining about you. They're feeding her Reed. Reed took the fight on short notice. Why would you put someone who's relatively new into the against somebody like her, who's a potential, like everyone kept saying she's a big prospect. I, I don't I don't know her, but I'm saying like, I don't get that portion of it all. She it's four, just funny. She was 4-0 coming in. But 4-0 yeah. is young. No, it is. Uh, it no. is. Um. What I guess what it was, there was a couple of people on Twitter were, that were saying like, and it wasn't even people that I know from Bellator, which is funny, is they said it's funny when when the UFC do, or when the UFC does this is it's okay, but when Bellator or one or somebody does it, like oh, you're feeding these guys cans so they can pad their records. <laughs> I'm just like they they are right that they are right. You know, I mean, I get into this all the time with the media in terms of it doesn't matter what organization you're in, the media just needs to do a better job covering the sport. You oh, know, yeah. and so I, I, yeah, and this is this, in the way that they put things. Either if it happens consistently in terms of someone comes in fighting someone like Sajara, you know, she's tough, she's she's got power, she's heavy and strong in terms of when she gets on top, you know, um, she's fell in love a little bit more with her stand up. I guess apparently she was more of a wrestler, right, when she first came in. Oh yeah, she's ju- pure jujitsu. Yeah, 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 pure jujitsu and more of a wrestler. So she's now, you know, she's now understands that she possesses a lot of power. She's got vicious ground and pound good top position so it just it's i think it's it's uh it's a little bit two-sided when it's like hey you're feeding somebody you know to fill in and they're not going to say anything so anyways all right other than that i I thought overall i thought the fights were pretty good tonight man they were pretty good i thought the uh bare knuckle fighting was pretty good as well yep so 
Now that we've wrapped up that UFC uh, Fight Night talk, let's talk about we have a new shorts clip channel that we yes, call we it. Do. And so it's the Wayne Ends Clips. You guys can go to that. The link is down below, okay, in our YouTube channel. Just click that link. That'll take you there. You guys can hit that subscribe button. Also hit the thumbs up on there too. That'll help the algorithm or whatever get us more people to follow us and, and stuff, as well as turn on the notifications. So when we post new stuff. You guys will see the new stuff that we post. Also, we are doing a show strictly for that called Wayne Interjection. That show will only be on our clips channel. So that's what we're going to do to help pump that channel as well. We, we just launched our first edition of that show. And so that one dropped um, last uh, in the midweek show. It was a fun show that we did. It's not long. It's only about eight minutes. It will be a short. That's what we're calling it, a short. So it shouldn't be. It won't be any longer than 15 minutes ever. We're going to probably keep them between eight to say 12 minutes, somewhere in there, depending on the, you know, the whatever the news is for that week. But go ahead and uh, also in our normal YouTube and also the audio platforms, you people that are listening to us on audio, make sure you guys come to our Clips channel. Hit that subscribe button as well on YouTube. Our waiting interjections will not be available for right now, okay, on the audio platform. Not yet. We haven't decided. We haven't got that far yet. We're just trying to get some, that's because we some do, attraction we, on that's it. That's because Podcast Dave does some fantastic uh, computer <laughs> sure imaging funny. work. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, it's a visual type show in some cases, and this first show was definitely a visual type show, and it was it. it was fun to do. So, also when you guys are on YouTube, you guys go to Google SoundCloud, or you guys go to our SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all of those uh, places. Hit the subscribe button there as well, so you can follow us on the audio platforms. Everyone's getting back to work a little bit now, and traffic's hitting up. Listen to us in the car. You guys are driving to work in the morning, or when you guys are coming home at night. So, um, follow us on all of our platforms. Anything else? What else and we would appreciate us? that. Thank you so much. Yep. So. All right, John. Yes. Would you like to talk? What else me? you got for us? You know you what? I want, for us. I want to talk about uh, one of our sponsors that I really love. I love what they do. It is Fume. I've got mine right here. It's an incredible little inhaler that you use these. Basically, you're using essential oils that are on a core show you the core that's the core right there and you put that core you kind of play it a little bit like that make it nice and then stuff it in here and for me with asthma it's been fantastic it kind of opens my lungs a little bit makes my sinuses feel good it's kind of like putting for me menthol there's peppermint there's all kinds of different flavors and stuff but if you are someone who is a smoker and you're into smoking and you want to stop it, this is one of the ways to stop it. There's no uh, smoke, no fumes really. There's no vapors. So you can do it anywhere. They have one uh, type of core that's called Conquer that you can utilize to try to beat your nicotine habit. It works. You can get off of nasty cigarettes and just use your fume which no one will care about because it doesn't affect anybody. Again, there's no smoke, no vape, nothing. You can do it in the middle of a plane ride. You know, you're over the ocean. You can actually pull out your fume and use your fume and just feel really good. So I really love this thing. It's awesome. I use it all the time. I know you use it too. If you want to get started, you can go to www.breathefume. And fume is F-U-M, no E on the end dot com slash weighing in to get 10 percent off of your fume and the cores i think it's one of the best things that we've ever had for uh, a sponsor i love what they do and it's actually been really good for me 
Yeah, it helps in terms of like for me with fighting, you know, like I have a nasal, I have a couple nasal issues going on. I've got cauliflower on one side and I've got a deviated septum on what the other. What is cauliflower like in you your s- nose? That's just nasty. <laughs> it happens all the time, man, believe it or not. <laughs> People get it all the time. Um, you know, and so it actually does help. Like you said, it's like putting that uh, menthol or whatever on your chest, you know, like what was it, the Vicks Vapor Rub, but it kind of yeah. cleans you out, makes that feel you know, like you can breathe again. So sometimes people get it that, that same type of feeling when you chew like a peppermint gum, you know, that kind of cleans you out a little bit. It makes you feel good. So I use it as well when I feel like I'm starting to get a little congested, you know, in the, in my nasal cavity there. So I'll start using it and br- make sure when I breathe it in, it also feels like it clears out my lungs. I've also uh, done studies in terms of when people use peppermint oils and they, they do drops. And then when that happens, it actually helps clear out your, um, your breathing tubes, like in terms of your lungs. And so it makes it easier for you to breathe. The same type of feeling would be for this. It's an essential oil. So there's no harm, no foul. There's no smoke if you're in a restaurant. So that's another thing that I like. I can also leave it around, um, you know, kids if there is kids around. So, and it also comes in a package, which I really like, you know, so it just slides right in and boom. So it's perfect. So make sure you guys use our promo code Wayne in, you know, and uh, pick, pick a couple of them up, man. You give it a try. You're going to like it. Yep. All right, uh, podcast day. What else you got for us? <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> we're gonna jump into some news. Uh, Logan Paul opens up as Ben favorite for potential boxing match with Anderson Silva. This was uh, this was news that came out this week that they're basically trying to get this fight put together. Good. What betting site did that? Because they're the dumbest betting site ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that Logan Paul can come out and have a an exhibition with Floyd who's 150 pounds, and they think that he's going to beat Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is a big person, too, and he hits a lot harder than Floyd. So I think it's a great match. I hope they have it. I hope it goes through, and not going to be the same thing for Logan Paul. Yeah, it's going to – my thing is this, is that he's he's 0-2, and he's fighting someone who's got – stacked record now i know that anderson's older sure. and i've also said I, I also i'm going to be honest when i looked at him fighting uh julio caesar that Chavez was different he's fighting a boxer and a professional boxer and a guy that was a world yeah. champion totally different yes yeah it was totally different i was concerned that you know anderson's chin wasn't going to hold up yeah but the speed though the speed of logan paul will give me a little bit of concerns especially in the first two rounds you know for anderson but i think anderson no matter how old he is He's got just way too much experience, and the yep. way he's able to cover up with the bigger gloves, it's going to make it a lot harder for him to hit, be hit. This, with the MMA gloves, he's able to get things are able to sneak through. You can't just put your gloves up and defend. Yeah. Anderson with the bigger gloves is going to be hard to beat, I think, for someone like a Logan Paul. You know, and I think like Logan Paul is going to end up being face down, ass up. Yes, I'm he not is. just saying this. Be, I'm not just saying this because he's Logan Paul, and that you know, you and I like to give the, the Poodle Brothers a little bit of a hard time, but. <laughs> I just I think this time I think this time he's he's overstepped his his line a little bit. Yes. And I think he's going to end up and he may shock the world. Who knows, man? Who knows? I mean you never know. But well, I just I look at it Anderson he never it seems like he never stops training. He's on point right now. He's coming off of a great win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and I should I would expect to see him piece up Logan Paul. Yeah. I have I have nothing bad to say about Logan Paul. I I I I know one of the things that I have respect for is that he actually puts time into being a better boxer. Mm-hmm. You know, he yep. trains and he trains hard and he's in good shape and he's a good boxer. I'm not going to say he's not. You know, is he a 
a good professional boxer? Not, you know, no. Is he a guy that can go in against a much smaller guy and do well just based upon weight and size and being able to handle the, you know, the, the punching power of that person? Hey, that he did great against Floyd. And I would take nothing away from him because that's not an easy thing for anyone to do. But this is a different beast. And the fact that, yes, he is younger. Yes, I think he even might be a little faster than Anderson right now. But the experience of what Anderson has done throughout his career uh, in kickboxing, in boxing, in MMA, it is, it's going to take a round and a half. And Anderson will have Logan Paul figured out. Figured out. And he will start lighting him up. And welcome to the real world. For Logan Paul at about that time because it's not you're not fighting the Gronkowski brothers who can't fucking box and you're not fighting a guy that's 150 pounds you're fighting a guy that's 190 pounds well he's going to be walking into the ring at 200 205 pounds easy and he's got length on you too and he's going to start hitting you with some power and we'll see how you do yeah the one thing he He's always been elusive to hit. Anderson has. Yes. You know, but I also think with the bigger gloves, like I was saying, he'll be able to cover and protect himself and his chin. Okay. From being clipped clean, you know? And so I think, I think as, as the, also to the amount of pressure that he's able to put on people because he's so relaxed in there, Logan Paul's not going to be able to deal with that. It's different when <clears throat> Floyd does it against Logan Paul. Cause he's 155 pounds or 150 pounds. It's different. You're being Pushed around by a 150 pounder, you're just like, okay, look, whatever, I'll bump you away with my hips. Yep. But you're not doing that to Anderson Silva. Anderson's going to walk you down, and he's just going to touch, 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 relaxation, touch, touch, and pick and choose his shots. He's crafty, man. He's so crafty. I mean, if we see a a, a glimpse of what Anderson used to be at all, Logan Paul's in a lot of trouble. Yep. A lot I of agree. trouble. But, I, I, you know, I, I give him credit. If that's the guy that he wants to – you know, get into a professional boxing, I think, all right, I can see that one. Makes sense to me. And go. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, who else? <clears throat> what else you got for us, Dave? Uh, Rory McDonald versus Ray Cooper, the third among the newly wow. announced PFL playoff semifinal matchups. Wow. Yeah. We knew Eek. that. Yeah, I know, but oof. That's my Robbie this is Lawler. The fight. That's my Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald rematch. Yeah, this is the fight that Number I said. Three. Yeah, this is the fight that I said that I was concerned about for Rory McDonald. You know? Um, Look, let's be honest, okay? And, and I thought Rory definitely won his fight against Gleason, Gleason Tebow. Yeah. He won that fight. But Rory McDonald is not the same guy. And in fighting, you know, Brandon Cooper, I'm, I'm sorry, Ray Cooper, he uh, he is fighting a guy that is younger than the Ro the Robbie Lawler that he fought. It hits just as hard, uh, actually wrestles more. <laughs> just everything that, you know, he's going against is a very you know, high-level version of what Robbie Lawler is now. So this is not a good fight for, Roy McDonald. He better game plan yeah, I, like a big dog because he needs to keep Ray Cooper <clears throat> off balance, and that's not an easy thing to do. Ray comes forward. Ray's got a good chin, and Ray's got a beautiful left hook. Yeah, he's got to be careful. Um, 
I think Ray should minimize how much he kicks. He should also try to kick that calf if he is going to do it. You know, he, Roy hasn't been the same since the Lima fight as well with the calf. Yeah. His nose is also not the same since the Lawler fights. Yep. He's not the same fighter. I, I actually really enjoy Roy McDonald. He's a great guy. over his career. He's a great person. Yep. People give him a lot, of, a, a lot of, they give him a lot of flack because he, he, he is a little strange in terms of, you know, the way he, he is on social media and stuff, but I don't, he doesn't care about that stuff. That's why. That's who he is. He's strange. Fine. Well, and I, I love, I why love can't that he, he is who he is. is. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a, he's a great person, by the way. Um, love being around him. I think he's a great person. He's very talented. If he's able to get this fight to the ground, we could see like a Rory McDonald, uh, Paul Daly type situation. But I just, I don't know, man. He's going to have a hard time getting Ray Cooper down because he's got good takedown defense and he's got power. So if you miss that takedown, he's oh, going to make you pay. Gonna make you pay. He's going to make you pay. So, yeah. um, yeah, Roy doesn't want to be underneath him either. That's oh, the no. other thing. So it's not like some guys, right? When they have big power, you can shoot on them. If you don't get it, you can like kind of pull guard and try to work from there. You don't want to do that with Ray Cooper. If he postures up on you and puts you against the fence and just does damage. Ugh, ugh, it just, it just makes me sick thinking about getting hit by that guy. <laughs> it's horrible, <laughs> man. So, I mean, I, I want to, I wish Roy the best man, but it's, it's going to be a really tough fight. This was the fight that before they even started it, this is the one we talked they about. Even started the, this is the one that I said I, that we talked about. It was just the one fight I was concerned about for Roy McDonald. Yeah. So we'll see. What else you got, Dave? Good luck to him, though. <clears throat> in the final piece of news, um, Michael Chandler is claiming that Gaethje is turning down the fight against him uh, three or four times at this point. And he's basically saying, be prepared to make a highlight or be made a highlight. Hmm. I mean, like, whatever. That's the fight to make, though. Just to be honest, that's the fight to make. Oh, both coming over a loss to the title, for the title. Yep. Um, They both will stand there and trade, you know. It's the fight so. to make. I think. I don't think so. I, well, no, I think I think Chandler will wrestle. I think he saw oh, what, yeah. what Khabib was able to do. I think yep. he saw what Khabib was able to do to, to Gaethje, and I think that's what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to wrestle him. Yep. But in a five-round fight, Chandler has proven that he can't wrestle for five rounds. He gets tired. He gasses out. Justin Gaethje will still be there if you can't put him away. Yeah, but Justin Gaethje, as far as his wrestling, he's a he was a he's a decent wrestler. But if he gets taken down, he's not going to get up yeah. from Michael Chandler, and that's a problem yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I always, I think, I think people get the wrong idea that I, I always feel, I always go against Justin Gaethje. I think, I love if Justin. if someone if someone can beat. I think if there's someone that can beat um, Chandler that matches up well, the reason why I think Justin Gaethje has a very good chance, he's got nasty, hard leg kicks, and Absolutely. Michael Chandler is very susceptible to those. Yep. He, he's, he's like Roy off McDonald. of those kicks, That's though, front leg. he can be – yeah, off of the, those kicks, he can be taken down. Yeah. And so in those exchanges, he got to make sure that he doesn't get taken down because we've seen once he gets put on his back, he's not the best at getting back up. No. And Chandler is one of the best at keeping people down. Very good, yeah. You know, and there's no submission threat by Justin Gaethje from his back. No. Not against Chandler. Chandler's never been submitted, and guys against guys that are way better submission guys than Justin Gaethje. Yeah. Um. So it's just a matter of like, can can he get back to his feet? And I don't know if he can. You know, we've seen really good jujitsu guys as well as really good wrestlers be taken down by him and not be able to get back up. <clears throat> so when I'm talking about them fighting, Gaethje's got a good chance in terms of leg kicks, and 
Chandler leaves himself open as well to be hit. We saw that with Oliveira. We've seen it in the past with other fights. Drops his He's hands very, all the time. Yeah, he drops his hands all the time. He fights wide open. When he steps in to switch stance, all those things, if you throw straight punches on him, you can probably get there first. And he's falling in love with that he's... switch hook that he throws. So. <clears throat> yeah. You know, but he's had success with it and stuff. But yeah. it's still, he's there to be hit. So that's what that's what makes this fight fun. Chandler's there to be hit. The leg kicks are, he's obviously susceptible to him. And he will slow down. His movement is all, his striking is all based off of his movement. He hops in and out. Yep. He's, you know, he does switch his stances. and goes left and right. Um, he's done all those things. But if you start taking away his legs, he's not the same fighter. You know, we saw that with Brent Primus, even in their second phase. You're sure Brent Primus lost uh majority of those rounds. Yeah, but he lost but, because Chandler was able to put him on his back and yep. keep him on his back. But the leg kicks had a they, they started playing a factor to the point where Chandler had to utilize his wrestling. Yep. You know, to 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 start getting the fight to go his way because he he knew that he couldn't do that for five rounds unless he got takedowns. Yeah. <clears throat> so that fight to me is very interesting. Um, as much as I think it probably favors Chandler, I'm not counting Justin Gaethje out at all. Oh, no, no, so no. I think, I think yeah. it's a 50-50 as far as looking at it. And Justin Gaethje has his ways of winning, and Michael Chandler mm-hmm. has his ways of winning. So yeah, it's, uh, that's I, a close fight. It'd I, be a fun I've fight. Said this, though. I've said this from the beginning, though. That's the fight to make, period. Hell like, yeah. from when he signed, once he signed with the UFC, I thought that would have been his first fight in. I was like, dude, that's the fight to make. It was almost like, you know, it was like one of those, if the stars would have aligned, you know how you got the Michael Johnson and the Justin Gaethje fight or whatever, like those, those and the Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. I look at the Chandler and the, if you look at the fights between Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler, you look at the fights between Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. Yep. Like UFC, what were you thinking? Hello. Chandler and Gaethje. Hello. Yeah, that know. should have been the first fight. So, but I mean, we, we got the hooker fight. That was good. And then we got the, uh, you got the title fight. We know against Oliveira, you know, and, uh, Whatever. I just I want to see that Gaethje fight before, before before the, one of them leaves <laughs> leaves the UFC. So it's gonna be good. Hopefully, hopefully they get that thing signed. Because if you look at it, go back to the rankings, please. If you look at it, right, you got you got Dustin fighting Oliveira next for the title. You got Gaethje, Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler. I'd like to see Islam and Dariush fight, but they're both managed by Ali. So yeah. I don't know if that fight's gonna happen. It sounds like you're gonna potentially get. Uh, RDA versus Islam. It sounds like you may get that, and then you're and then I'd like to see Gaethje and Chandler fight. That'd be great. Benil maybe and I don't know somebody else. I mean, or whatever whoever wins between those. I'd like to see Benil and Islam to be honest, you know. But they they seem to they're, they're strategically trying to plan themselves around not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you could put so. I think you could put Tony Ferguson and Islam in. You know, that was the fight that was always supposed to happen was Khabib. Yeah, could be, and so. Put Islam I don't know, there. man. I, look, I'm an Islam. Obviously, everyone knows I'm a homer when it comes to Islam. But I also don't want to see. I don't want to tread on someone's someone's grave, man. He's he's lost his last three fights. Leave him alone. Yeah. Let him fight somebody else. That's kind of where I'm at. Let okay, Tony, who you? Hold on. Where's Tony at? Tony's at number six. Six. Who are you gonna have him fight? Hooker. Dan Hooker coming off two losses. Okay. Kinda, you know, got knocked out his I, last fight. I kind of say I think you're right. Good. You gave him that dirty look though for a second there. No, yeah. it's just you know I'm looking at it going. Ah, Hooker, to- to- Tony Tony's- can win that fight. He, yeah, he can take him down. He, he can take him down if he gets him down. You no, know, Tony's. You know he doesn't have to worry about Hooker really taking him down. You know if he does, I mean Tony's I think a little bit more crafty than him on the ground. Well, he'll so roll there's out. a lot of. Yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good things that could happen in that fight. 
They're yeah. both tall. They're both tall, long, and lanky, man. You had to say. So, I had to say <laughs> it, man. For the for all the hardcore fans in the comment section, it's just for you guys. All right, guys. Hey, go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in. And uh, hey, the NBA finals are wrapped up, and the Bucks won, baby. That's what I'm talking da, about. Da, da. Giannis got it done. I love it. I love it. I'm happy for that guy. Um, good stuff. I love this story about how, you know, his mom was selling stuff out of the car and he basically now look at him. He's on top of the top of the world. So uh, that was a uh, great stories, great stuff. And I was actually seeing some of the old past tweets. People were sending me of, of him, him and Kobe, when they were talking about him being the MVP and, and how he was rooting for him to get one too. And it was, it was a really cool little, these are all obviously, you know, um, things in the past but it was just it was nice for it to all come to fruition for him and it was uh it's good man and i like and i i think i will always talk about things like this i like players that stay where they're at and build a team around them and not bounce from team to team trying to build a super team so they can get a championship it's just garbage man it's really killing the sport for me i just are you talking about uh, lebron james I, i'm talking about i'm talking about a lot of them a lot of them have done it i mean they've been doing it for a while now but i mean it's you know, I like, that's why I was kind of a fan of the Warriors for a while, you know, because they kind of had, you know, um, uh, they had, they had Clay Thompson, they had uh, Curry, they had Green, they had these guys that were already there. And came, then, yeah, then they came exactly out of, what you talked, Kevin Durant. Then then Kevin Durant. I'm like, it kind of ruined it for me when they got Durant. And I'm, I was a Durant fan, yeah. but I'm like, you just went when to a super Oklahoma. stacked team. Yeah. I liked him when he was in Oklahoma. I wish he would have stayed, man. I wish he would have stayed. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways. All right, so hey, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in. There's fights to gamble on coming up. We're going to talk about those fights as well. We'll talk about Hello. the main events coming up. And uh, you guys can put some bets down on those. So um, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in, and they'll give you a little extra spending cash as well. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, before we wrap up, um, we're going to give a glimpse into the midweek show with a little um, little insight on the main event of Bellator this week, uh, Pitbull versus AJ McKee, and then Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. So we'll start, we'll start with Bellator. All right, all right, let's go. Look, I know this fight was – look, all of you guys, I know this fight is not going to be on your radar, which it should be. But it's and this fight will not get the credit it deserves, no matter who is listening to this podcast. There's gonna be people in the comments just digging on this fight. This is a fucking really good fight. It's probably one of the biggest fights. I'm not just talking about Bellator. I already know it's the biggest fight in Bellator history. I'm talking this is one of the biggest fight in MMA history. You have the young guy who is coming up undefeated. ESPN's got him number one in twenty being twenty five and under twenty five. He's in the top he's number one in the top twenty five of being under twenty five years old. On ESPN, who who ESPN works with the UFC, they came out with their own rankings and had AJ McKee ahead. Now he's fighting Not the ahead, old dog. One. The old, they had him number one. They have him now. He's fighting Patricio Pitbull, who is considered like a pillar of, of Bellator. He's the the best fighter ever in Bellator. Best fighter ever. Sure, he's had some ups and downs when he was younger. He's been around forever. But he's he's a dog, man. He's got power in his hands. He's got he's a lot more composed these days. He's not just chasing people down, trying to land big shots. This is gonna be a great fight. All everything about it gets me fucking excited. I've been waiting for this fight since they announced this tournament. The fact is, is they were both on opposite ends of the bracket, John, and it's very rare that both of them ended at the finals. Like the you the number one and the number two people. Like the, if you had one uh, number one seat on the right bracket, number one seat on the left bracket. And how often do they, does that really ever happen for them to actually both get there? 
You know, in a fight, anything can happen. You talk about NBA, like not on the NBA, but the college NCAA uh, basketball tournament. It's very rarely the number one who gets to the finals. Very rarely, you know, and especially two of them. And so this is what's to me. This is going to be a, a hell of a fight. And this a was this wasn't fight. an eight man tournament. It was a sixteen man tournament. Yeah. So four fights. Each guy's had three fights to get here. They had the whole thing where they got to choose their own, you know, either the date that they were going to be able to fight or the person they're going to fight. All kinds of things where it was always in the control, not of the promotion. It was in the control of the fighters. And this has turned out the way that any promoter would have wanted it to turn out. The two best guys yeah, yeah. in the finals. That's the concern. That's the concern is being a promoter, right? You have this matchup and you're thinking, I want this guy and I want this guy because there's so much hype around them and you want... It couldn't have worked out better except for COVID fucked it all up and kind of lost a little bit of its luster. But I'm glad now they're both in the finals. AJ's undefeated. Patricio has been the long-reigning king. And he's made it look easy throughout this tournament. He's made it look easy. AJ's made it look easy. with AJ. Yeah, yeah, AJ, except for the one fight where he blew his knee out. He blew his knee out with... um, Yeah, uh, but let's let's be honest. He's got three three finishes. He's got an eight-second finish. He's got a third-round finish against Campos, and he's got a first-round finish quickly against ex-champion Darian Caldwell. Pitbull, in his first fight, fought Juan Archuleta. Now, that's no easy task, and it went the five rounds, and it was for the featherweight title. And each of the fights were all scheduled for five rounds, but that fight went the five rounds. And then he knocked out his next opponent in Pedro Carvalho, knocked him out in the first round, and then he eh, hurt Sanchez and then submitted him with a guillotine choke, putting him unconscious in the first round. So he's looked totally impressive too. But both of them you know, have just basically walked through their opponents to get to this point. That's what happens when you have the two number one guys on the opposite ends of the bracket. Yep. This is what's supposed to happen. But they made it look easy going through their brackets. Yep. These two guys are levels above their competition. And the fact is they're both going to meet in the center of that cage on, on next Saturday night on July 31st. And I freaking am so pumped. Fans at the LA at the, at the forum in Inglewood. I'm pumped, man. Like this is one of those. Fi- I'm like, I've been waiting for this to happen. AJ's been waiting for this to happen. Patricio's been talking about, man, this young guy is not going to do it. He's not ready for this yet. And it's just, I've trained and rolled with Patricio. He's really damn good in terms of on the ground too. And I think AJ believes that he can beat him everywhere. And I'm like, all right, well, this is this he might is be, be able one to. of those. He might be able We're to. We're going to find out. I'm, I'm pumped, man. This is Dude, this I, is that fight, John. I, you know, this is that there fight. was something back when this, you know, the whole thing, not the tournament, but when AJ first started in Bellator, you know, I was still refereeing, and there was a uh, there was an instance. I want to say it was AJ's third win or something, and Patricio was in the back, and AJ, you know, looked at him and said, he said "I'm coming for you, tick tock, tick tock," and I <laughs> and I know it pissed off Pitbull to no end, you know, and he took it as being disrespectful, and and I, you know, but it was AJ saying, "Hey." You know what? You're the guy, and I want I want to be the guy, and I'm, I'm coming after you, and it's only a matter of time before I get to you. Well, it's been, you know, four years or so of time, but now it's here, and so it's it's going to be a special fight. It's, it should be fantastic. I, you know, I don't think it's going to end fast. I think it's going to uh, go into some rounds, and both of them. Look, AJ is the first guy that, that 
I think Pitbull has, has fought recently that he's faster than him. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he fights every, everybody he fights is, is longer than him, but it's yeah. the first guy that he's, he's fought that's actually faster than him. I mean, truly faster and speed is a problem. Yeah. So we'll see if that, that, that speed gives Pitbull a problem. Sanchez is fairly fast, but he's not as fast as AJ. But Sanchez doesn't have the power that AJ. AJ's no. got power. He's got snap, you know, and he can put you out with one shot. And he's very, uh, very f- just fluid in what he does and how he does it. Now, the real question, and this is what you're talking about, kind of with Derek, is he's also, you know, he's been young. You know, he's 17 and 0. He's got that confidence. He's cocky. He's got swagger. But, you know, we saw him overextend in that fight with Derek Campos multiple times in the beginning, trying to get rid of someone fast. Did he learn from that? Or is he going to try to do the same thing against a champion that will take each one of those overextensions and make him pay and he can make him end the fight at any time with those. And so it's the real question of, you know, how do they match up? It's going to be just awesome. I want people to understand this. What John just, the story he just told was, that was, I would say, happened at least four to five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. Well, guess what? Patricio's still the damn champion. <laughs> That's true. So when you were having this conversation, keep that in the back of your mind. Like, he said that to him when he was young. Yep. He, when, when AJ was young, and he said that to him when he was the champion. Well, Patricio's still the damn champion. So what does that say? He's been the lion and the king fucking forever now. You know? And so, look, it's only natural that one day he's going to lose it. I get it. And if you're going to lose it to someone who's going to be dominant, it's probably going to be is me someone like an AJ McKee, because he's he's beaten several of these guys in that 145 pound division, you know, once or twice, at least at least once. I mean, he's walked through a lot of them too. He's made it look easy because of the new way that he fights, his style. He's a lot more composed. If you look at like a little bit how Henry Cejudo was fighting, that's kind of him and Patricio have this very similar style. They take they have the wider stance. They take the center of the cage. They wait for the opponent to come in. And if you overextend, they make you pay. And AJ has a tendency to sometimes overextend. But he also, like you said, with the Mayo Sanchez, has speed, but he doesn't have power. Not the power that AJ McKee has. Georgie Carhanian found that out. He jumped in, landed the shot, finished him up quickly because he's got power. He's got the speed to get in and get out. So you just got to be careful not reaching and missing and getting caught because Patricio's defense and arms are right here. And he's real quick at touching people. So, I mean... Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm pumped for this fight. This is the fight that I'm really interested in the most, to be honest. That I've in this in this whole organization, this is the biggest fight in Bellator history, hands down, biggest yeah, fight. No doubt about it. You know, no doubt. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland fight. Wow, you know, it's funny coming off of you know, Sean Strickland has been on fire. Let's be honest. You know, the the only thing that uh, Sean Strickland has had going against him was his training session with uh, Orlando Sanchez. <laughs> And where yeah. <laughs> he got his arm kind of popped. And I, I understand w- why he was upset, you know? Yeah. You, and, and I understand what Orlando was thinking and stuff, but you don't do that. You don't, you don't take and you don't grab and crank in on a guy's arm in training. You don't do it. You can tell him, Hey man, you're leaving this and I could do this, but you don't do it to him. And so I understand why he was pissed off with that. But, um, this is the real question because Uriah Hall is the guy you know, Uriah Hall is, he's talented. You know, his last fight was a nothing against, well, I say nothing. He didn't do anything, uh, you know, because one kick and Chris Weidman broke his own leg and 
you know, he, he got the win, and that's fine. It was a, a rematch, but, um, you know, he, had, he wasn't able to really perform. So he's been, uh, you know, in a position where he's gone through camps. He got the win, but this is, a you know, a real fight. And Sean Strickland right now is fighting as good as he has ever fought in his career. And he's very patient, very calm, and mentally Sean Strickland is very strong. Uriah Hall has always had that element where athletically he's gifted and mentally it's not that he's weak, but he doesn't believe in himself like everybody else believes in him. Once he that's once he starts to believe in himself, you got you got a dangerous guy. And he's beaten some great fighters. You know, and you remember remember when he beat Gag you know, Gagard was lighting him up and then he kicked Gagard and Knocked him out, man. So he's had some big wins. You know, he had the win against Anderson where I don't think he got enough credit. You know, Dana said it was a terrible fight. I didn't think it was. I thought he had to be careful. You know, Anderson's still good. And uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good matchup. Um, it's If you look at the entire card, this is one of those ones where I say, it doesn't look that great. But yeah. watch, it'll end up being a great card. Great fights. Yeah. Well, it's the same night as the Patricio fight. So if I have to choose, because I'm watching yeah, the Patricio no, fight, I'm going to watch no. that one, to be honest. Well, hold on. They, <laughs> no, hold but on. It, the MMA media was comparing the Conor McGregor-Poirier fight with the AJ McKee uh, Pitbull fight, saying, which one would you, which one, if you had to watch, if you could only watch one, which one would you watch? Well, there ain't no doubt which one they're all going to watch in this one. Everyone wants to see the Pitbull versus AJ McKee. This is a good fight. This will be, be good, but it's not on that level. Yeah, let's. Here's the thing, though, with Uriah Hall. You said that he just doesn't believe in himself, John. That's being mentally weak. You yeah. need to believe in yourself. This is a sport. In any sport, you need to make sure that you believe in yourself. It doesn't matter in everything you do. If I'm a fucking gamer and I play video games, I need to fucking believe that I'm better <laughs> than the person I'm gaming against. And that's that has to do with just he needs to believe in his in his abilities. And that's what's concerning because look at tonight with Macy Barber. Same shit I was talking about. She all she had to do was start believing, and she started believing in the third round. For me, I felt like it was too late, but that's what they—that's what you have to do. You need to start from the beginning. Like, hey, every fight, I have a—I have a chance to reset what I did from the fight before. It's like I look at it this way: look at your look at every fight as like the next hole at a golf course. Yep. Okay, I fucked up last hole. Who cares? I can get a birdie here. Okay, I can get a, I can get an eagle here. It's time for me to right okay, the wrong. Now you're lying. Yeah, I can't do any of those things. Okay, but 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 my point I'll give is, you is the that baby a birdie somewhere along the way. Eagle, no, come no, on, I get baby. those. I can get those. I can get those. Um, but they're there. You know, it's there to be had. Yeah. That's you the have, biggest thing. It's wait, and and you have to have that mindset of okay, that that was my last one. Move on, and you got to believe that you know you're resetting your path with every every fight, and you know. Yep whether that is just the next step of that path or, okay, we've got to change direction. You've got to believe that you're the, you're the best person stepping into that cage and you're going to prove it. And, but how much pressure, how much pressure is he putting on himself? Because this is a main event. Yeah. He's headlining a card right now. And Dana, he knows that Dana's just critiquing him the whole time. Don't let that shit your eye get in your damn head. Like just go out there, use your tools and you probably fucking win this fight pretty easily. Don't get me wrong. I think Sean Strickland is a fucking dog. He's tough. He's good all the way around. He's aggressive, everything. But Uriah's got the speed. He's got the yep. abilities to do everything. 
to, to win this fight and to win it. I feel like not easily, but he, I think he can do a good job of dominating the fight. Yeah. He just got to believe that's it, man. And I, I, I know that at majority of the time people are like, Oh, you, you don't like this person. You don't like that person. No, I get frustrated when I see talent not live up to their ability. I think that goes for every, if, 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 I, if, if it was a coach, if someone had a coach and they just see someone with all that talent, that just fucking just doesn't believe in themselves. It's like, damn, such a waste. And so if he's just got to go out there, do what he does, keep his hands on point, you know, and just touch, touch, put his combination together with his kicks. I think he, I think he can win this fight pretty easily. I mean, not like, you know, I'm not saying he's going to finish him, but I'm saying I think that he could dominate at least three to four of those rounds. Just we'll see. Opinion. We'll see. I guess we will. All right, Dave, what else you got? Um, Nothing else uh, for the show, but I, I do want to share <clears throat> Gene just sent a clip over that's um, George Masvidal giving us props on uh, someone else's show. So I just wanted to play for you guys real quick. If you, um, if you Is want. it on YouTube? Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's on then we can't listen to it. It's like thirty seconds. It's uh, you, I'm sure. I don't. I think the. I think the. I think there's a time frame of like only a couple seconds. Six I think seconds we're only allowed like, like yeah, something like that. Right. So I'll play for you guys yeah, after I, the show. We'll play it for today. All right. But thank well, you. Hey, yeah, yeah. So what? Um. Yeah, I, Dave. If you send it to me, I'll I'll put it up in my my story on my Instagram or something like that, and right. give them thanks, and on Twitter as well. You guys are put it up on the weighing in. Put it up on the weighing in Instagram. Yep. Um, at weighing in, put it there. Put it up on the at weighing in Twitter. So there you guys can go. follow us there as well, and then it'll be up there. You guys listen to it there. Hey, hit that smash button, man, on our Instagram and our Twitter as well, man. Come on, don't be shy with just the internet, <laughs> just not just YouTube. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, man, we had a we had a great episode. I think um that midweek show was great. The clips channel was a bomb. So make sure you guys go to our Wayne and Clips channel, Wayne and Shorts, and hit that smash button there on that that the subscribe button, and then also the notifications and the thumbs up. We got to get some more subscribers on that on that Eclipse channel as well as on our own channel. Share our videos and content everywhere. Go to our audio platforms, Spotify, iTunes. Those are the the main ones that people seem to listen to us in Stitcher. Are the three main ones that people seem to listen to us the most. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button there. Okay, and enjoy our enjoy our voices in the car when you're driving. So you're driving safely and just listening to our voices. John has a very sexy voice, so, so I tend to like listening to him. Just smooth tunes. <laughs> Smooth tunes. Uh, we got anything else there, uh, Big John? No, baby. We're all good. All right. Well, then, I guess. Well, oh, wait. Oh, we do have one more yeah, thing. Do I not forgot. forget. Go to prowrestlingtees.com to pick up one of the fantastic wing in t shirts, all types of different colors and designs. We've got ones that have got the Karate Kid, we've got the Terminator, we have got. Basic home improvement, which actually has podcast Dave looking over the fence. Go to prowrestlingtees.com, put in the promo code, and still you will save yourself 20% on one of our fantastic looking t shirts. And to everyone that has been getting those, a lot of you have been buying our t shirts. We want to say a big thank you. And, and that is the end. So we will see ya. See ya. See ya. <laughs>